Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening, Khuyanant, Mulweni, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. Well, tonight I'm, I'm thinking, I'm feeling as I'm speaking, kind of like my voice seemed to be in a little bit of slow motion mode. <laughs> so it feels to me like I have to put a lot of effort into getting some voice through. But I just thought I'll kind of let you in to what's going on. So it's like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, to describe that you can have a sense of how it would feel almost like as as and and I'm not it awesome of it awesome, but it's like you know the the voice seems to be stuck there somewhere in my chest. You don't have either. <laughs> yes, so I just would like for the listeners to understand if I'm speaking with them and for a moment the voice doesn't come through that they must know okay fine it looks as if my voice is in Sunday mode which is supposed to be still holiday but here we are and we're working and the voice that you heard also now just speaking is that of Amin Mohammed. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Walaikum assalam. So we continue with our series on drug addiction and drug misuse and the impact of drugs um, on the person who is using the drug, but also the family, the loved ones and, and those who are all who stand all affected by the person's drug use. So we continue with focusing on that. I think for a week or two, we've been focusing on um, tough love. And we've been particularly focusing on the difficulty of of practicing tough love, and um, so tonight we'd we'd like to go twofold. The one is to speak about how can one help the family, the loved ones, who, who decide that they want to practice tough love or to want to, and and you know I'm starting to think maybe this name tough love is hard for people to take to and so perhaps one wants to just say you know families or a person who are making a decision to be more boundaried um, you know within their relationship with the person who's drugging because I, I think you know one sometimes struggles with tough love and I and I wondered whether people might perceive it or feel it as as it being harsh or hard um, or difficult. even cruel, you difficult. know, difficult. Some Uncalled people for. Yeah. And so one, one wants to acknowledge that at times it would actually feel like that. Exactly. You know, Shaida, tough love is exactly what it says. But, but there, and, are, there yeah. are two words to it. Yeah. One is... You know, you can say it's almost like a mixture of two opposites. Mm -hmm. How can love that is so all-embracing and so warm and so emotional, uh, um, you know, um, you can actually feel it, you know, you can touch it, you can can mold it you can sort of like play around with it it's 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 lovely you know yeah it's it's really is something warm and heartening but then this ugly other part rears his head and says i'm tough and so it's like two opposites that sort of like or two opposite poles that really clash and 
I think that in itself becomes a difficult and a daunting thing to sort of understand how can something be so beautiful and yet so nasty and so a person has got this uh, you know you throw up your arms in despair but no what prat you fun and look you know it's a tough thing to 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 sort of understand yeah. and and also to do so therefore it is mm. like you're describing it's two poles pulling you apart oh. I want to so much love, mm. but I so much want to be tough with a situation. Yes. And so it is hard, and that's why mm. we thought we needed to speak a little bit more about what would be helpful for the person who feels I need to be differently boundaried in this relationship, um, and also to be able to speak a little bit about how does the addict experience tough love. and. And you know, because I think there's also doubt mm. about Hanit no help. Mm. It, the fear, the, the fear constantly of the loved one of the family that feels, you know, I'm being so tough. Mm. I've put him out, but mm. yeah, Allah Hanit did form erger mark. You know, uh, Shahida, if I can perhaps put it to you this way, you know, I never knew what tough love was. I thought it was just something I call you are just being damn unreasonable. Mm. I think you're not bloody well thinking. Yeah. I'm saying, don't you see that I'm also a human being? How could you, how can you, my sister, put me out of the house? I'm saying, really, it's raining. Do you, do you know how it feels like to be outside? And so... Um, what is logical for what was logical for me, right? Okay, and I see them as being illogical. Yes, it's logical for them, right? And my reasoning becomes illogical to them. So a person is talking from two frames of different frames of references. Are you with me? And that to to make them understand or to gel the two of them together, right? To make them understand. Exactly what my perspective is and what their perspective is are two different things, you know, that is the daunting task ahead. It, it is, and it's also daunting in this way. You find, let's, let's use the mommy and the son. Yes. So when the mommy puts the son out, mm. she's also fearful of, of and, and not to protect him. Mm. And now he is with like-minded people. So he is mm. perhaps, now that I've put him out, he'll go and stay at the Shabin. You know my example. Yeah. So, Ya Allah, what now? Who can it make help? As my kind same day means us. And hulle can nie for my kind recht sien nie, because I'm still the one that for me can remind. That's so right. So it's, it's having to separate from the part of you that feels but my job is to remind him, you mm. know. And mm. again, as I said in Never our mind last remind. Pro- the biggest problem with that remind is I need to save him. Yes. Yeah. Becoming the savior. Right. And I think, you know, one wants to acknowledge um, the, the difficulty of a mother mm. who believes, mm. you know, that she is the savior of her family, right. that that is her job. Um, it is to look after them. It is to get them to be the best that they can and be. Is to care. And it's and their duty. It's her duty. It's her du- so, so, 
It's tough love feels sometimes for a mommy as if she is going against the very role that she has internalized in her heart mm-hmm. for herself. So it is just so hard. You know, Shaida, uh, there's a big thing um, that I would like to uh, sort of explain. When you're talking to a three-year-old or four-year-old child, you know, the children suddenly want to be, you know, treated like an adult. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's when you speak to a child, like a child, that the child starts thinking, but I think I need to be spoken to like an adult. And when you're speaking to an adult, like a child, the adult feels like a child. And that is something that goes through that adult's mind. At least this is my thinking about it. Okay. Adults would want to be Treated like adults. Mm-hmm. But when they get told, you know, by their parents, I Jemutisumak is forkeet fun yo and why are you going on like that? That they become aggressive or you know the adult is not speaking to this other adult, you okay. know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you know, like it becomes frustrating for that person. Okay, and and I'd I'd like you to um, hold that thought because I think many parents can probably relate to that scene that you're just sketching. But we need to take commercial news when we come back. Then we will continue with that line of thought that you're having right now. Stay with us. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Kali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed and we're focusing on drugs and drug addiction and presently we are speaking about tough love and the toughness of tough love both on the person who practices it and both on the addict who receives it but you were explaining and I think it is a part of how um, you'd like people to see a different scenario mm-hmm. um, 
and and for for our listeners to know that you were <clears throat> in the shoes of the person who was the addict once upon a time so when you talking about how it feels when you're spoken with as if you're a child mm. then you are probably speaking also of experience yes. which is which is great for us to learn from yes. so please you know uh, i think the first time that they they my siblings spoke to me mm. was like i think they were scared from a vantage point of view uh of um, you know always for us to confront the issue mm. are you on drugs yeah is like taboo it's, it's, it's hard to ask even the question. It's isn't very, it? very hard to ask the question. Yeah. Right? So that in, ex in itself, you know, becomes the first hurdle, right, of making that the person that wishes to recover from non-recovery. Okay? Because as long as I, if I can sort of like hide behind this charade of, you're never going to ask me that question, are you on drugs? Are you with me? It's my first line of defense. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? And of protection, I suppose, and, and, because and the protection. truth is not known. The truth is not known. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, there's a lot of doubt in my siblings or on the other side. And this doubt, like, because they've just heard it from some person and so on. So do we trust that person? And already you can see the drama unfolding. Uh, you know what? I think by the old force, no, the convertible is a bloody mulligan maker. He will, he's trying to destroy our family, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so on. So, so, and just on that, I just want to take it back to the loved ones who are listening. So, there one, one sees the conflict in the starting, the point, starting already. point already. There's, there's the part of you that wishes by Allah, Ya Allah, I hope oh, this is not, not true. true. So good. there's that hopefulness it isn't true. There's also the other part of a person who will feel, Ik voel nie lekker om vir enigeen te accuse van iets wat hulle nie doen nie. So there's mm. also that part yes. that is a burden onto yes. you. And the other Islamic perspective that yeah. is gained by people is the wrong perspective we are not allowed to become suspicious of the next person mm -hmm. do you understand yeah so that becomes a, a sort of like a boundary of asking in itself yeah so it's like a barrier barrier and and can i just also add what how it often feels is it it feels like I'm betraying the loyalty towards mm. my loved one if I ask Asking. them something like that. That's correct. And for all as it must forget this, ya Allah, I'm going to be so Just imagine, you see, the, the, it, a person needs to understand this. Like we all blame the addicts of projecting, you know, outcomes and so on. The codependent is also projecting. If I say this then probably that is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so you can see already the like-mindedness of the two is exactly the same, you know. Uh, it's just being played out in a different scenario. The one is a positive thought, the other one is a negative thought, or both can be negative in itself. But the important thing is, like the addict is projecting, the codependent does exactly the same. He's projecting already. If I must ask Amina, are you on drugs? What answers is it going to give me? How is it? And, you know, 
is what battleground am I going to face? You know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But moving ahead, the question has now been asked. Obviously, instantly, from the addict's point of view, denial sets in and says, never. Which feel the comfortable? Where from come the? And then suddenly, this aggressive side comes out. But I just want to ask: If you'll stay there for a minute, I mean, how can a person be so convincingly saying it is not funny? It was not not funny, but it's like it feels true. So the loved one who asks them, it's like you can't doubt because yet when they say, absolutely, it feels so true. Yes, yes. You know, um, the the one thing is this: the addict at that pers at that particular point. Like if I talk about myself now, I never wanted to let my family down. You know, this thing about me having to keep my head up high and always being an exemplar of good qualities and so on, you know, is always something that is in the uppermost and foremost part of my mind. So that even I've, at I've the time have, of drugging? Yes, I've got to have good values and so on. Mm-hmm. But the important thing here is, right, is that, yes, Drugging is not one of a good value. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, your whole sort of personality changes with that type of thing. Okay. Then, and, and and again, just to hold a thought, I think what was significant was for you describing that though you're drugging, mm. there is in that mind mm. the value system that mm. is there. And I, I would, I'd like to speak more about that. But again, commercial news. And when we come back, we will explore that thought. Stay with us. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back. We've spoken a little bit in the break when we had the uh, the commercial news, and then thoughts come up that I'm going to share with Ami now, that kind of almost <laughs> fights against this whole thing of uh, again we have a remenachetrek metaf love. You're speaking about the value system that you have within you, and then you drug. Yeah. Um, isn't that an enormous fight? Is that a fight, or or? Are there some stages when it's not a fight? What do you tell yourself? I think it, you know, to my mind, of course it is a fight. But, you know, during my earlier programs that I've had with, uh, with Voice of the Cape, I always maintain, and this is my own personal view, that drugging is a symptom of a bigger problem. Okay. All right? And I know what my problems were for instance you know i had my the demise of my brother and suddenly a big you know responsibility was was sort of like thrown upon me i had everybody watching me this is actually you know my own personal point of view i had all eyes on me type of thing and i think just the, the pressure alone i needed some way to escape you know, where I could. So I found 
some way we are could escape. And that's exactly what drugs, you know, do. You know, you escape from the real world and you escape from reality. But I, and, and, and <coughs> although, and although drugging was the wrong thing to do, right? You know, different people have got different types of addiction. You know, they either go to gambling, but the important thing here is that you sort of do something that is addictive because of a bigger problem that you're having and you need to find some form of escapism, you know, because you do not wish to face that type of reality. But having said that, it boils down to one thing. It boils down to your yaqeen, into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and your iman and your taqwa. And already the fiber or the cloth was being eroded, the, mm. you know, of that. And that was with me. Okay. And the moment you start sort of like, you know, I'm still going to say Jerafal now eight, you know, that is when you start saying to yourself, now it's okay. I wish God is not watching me anymore. You know, look how bad those other people are. Look how bad my siblings are. They are now thrown me out. I've been done an injustice too. And suddenly, you know, I feel that God is being unfair to me. Are you with me? And suddenly I feel that because God is unfair to me, therefore I will now just carry on doing whatever I want to do. Okay, and now I'm in this course, right, of this of self-destruction. But it's you know it's a point. It's actually a critical point. You know, when one is drugging, and um, you're still aware of, oh my goodness, I need to be God conscious, differently yeah. to what you've described. Mm. That. I think for me could still be a protective factor. Mm. But once you start thinking that you've been deserted and or, or abandoned by everyone, including the creator, yes. that's a critical point of, um, it's almost, uh, well, that gives you permission then exactly. to just go on to whatever length you want to go on. It doesn't really matter. So that is for me almost a point where one wants to avoid that. To happen, mm -hmm. to prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. but, now, but 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 yet still, in your own subconscious mind, you still feel guilty that you have let God down, or okay. that you've let Allah down. Mm -hmm. In terms of this, you know, I could remember me going around to ask for food, and when I was unsure if this was now a Muslim family, I would say, "Maaf, ma, is it Allah of? Is it not fruchte? You know that type of thing." You know, yeah. at least there was that little bit, you know, of consciousness, of consciousness, yeah. you know, of being aware that there is a creator. And I think that little bit of awareness, you know, um, although it's very small, you know, it's it's a source of hope. Okay. okay. And I, I think now, isn't that precisely or what a mother would worry about? She would think, but then there's no one to say to him, Allah's watching. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. There's no one to say to him, you know, we need to do right by Allah. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. Allah has given you this body. You can't do this to your body. This is an amana by Allah. So your mother sees herself as the voice that has holds the message of Allah. Yes. So when I'm when I'm going to put him out, perhaps the message from Allah mm. or the connection, mm. the connectedness to Allah, which would be the Savior, mm. um, isn't going to be there. Does it? Does it? For example, mm. when you are in the house, mm. the addict, and the parents say. How does that impact on the addict? Do you hear the person or does it make you feel more anti or how do you receive it? You know, the important thing here, and again, here it comes out, the parent is treating the adult like a child. And the important thing is this adult wants to be treated like an adult. Okay. So, if, if for instance, I'm not, in, you know, like when I was in this type of similar situation, when that, when, when my siblings told me to move, I was terribly angry, very, very angry, okay? And they basically just threw me out. I found it unreasonable, right? And I must tell you, when I walked away, I said, but I mean, but you are wrong. You are almost doing something wrong. Okay? You are not doing something right. They are actually right in what they are doing. So there was a part of you that could reason in that way, which yes. was helpful? Yes, there How was. How long were you out of the house? Was it a very long time? Look, in total, I was out for almost 19 years. Sure, it's a long time. Very long time. But I'm talking about the initial stages yeah. of when this actually happened, right? But one would, think, one would think that thought of, I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think the person who practices tough love, the person who puts you out, holds on to the dua desperately. Ya Allah, let come to say sinner. Let come because it's hard. It's yes. hard, hard, hard yes. to put someone out. It's hard to know you out there. You know, mommies would say every meal I eat, mm. I think, Ya Allah, hit me kintabich. You know, you know, Shahida, I used to stay in C point. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I used to stay out of the house for about four days so I used to pack up with some friends sit in sea point and then it was just a big if I can call it a you know a jaw type of thing sorry about that but it used to be fun and drugs and fun and drugs and after four days obviously I've got the same clothing on now I feel a bit dirty I need to go and take a shower Okay, the next day, say on day one, I can go and take a shower at my pal's place. Uh, I can maybe get a meal. Because now, no, the hell is not up. Um, I hang on for another day. I say, no, no, look here, I'll get another, some more money somewhere, you know. But by the fourth day, you can see, you know, they getting desperate to get you out. You know, they sort of telling you in nicer terms you better get home because you know 
soon I'll come home. My siblings told me, Where were you, Vavos, Jay? You don't even phone us. Uh, whatever the case might be. And you know, I tell them that I came here to the house and it was four o'clock the afternoon, but nobody was home. Obviously nobody was at home. They're all at work. Do you understand? So I come at home at an unreasonable time, right? And I hold that type of thing against them. I came home, but you people were not at home, you know? So already I'm becoming unreasonable, right? And as I progress on with that type of thing of being unreasonable, I start seeing that my unreasonableness is being I see the correctness of being unreasonable. But I, I agree, because what will happen to the loved one? Ya Allah, ek is so blame for Amin to sin. It mark nie saak, wat a nonsense hy vir my sê nie. So lang hy net safe is. Hy is net safe, kan hy net vir hom was, kan ons net vir hom bitch. So immediately the the loved one gets kicked into caring mode. You're so grateful, you know, that... Ek gaan nie nog een groot argument opzetten of whether it nou voor een klok of niet is. I must tell you, it never happened with me. Okay. Right? Tell me. What actually happened with me was, I was told, Aldert, I think we need to have a talk here. Where do you come from now? Okay? And, and you know, this person that I met in the Nova Park this past weekend reminded me so of my siblings. Where she told her son, Wafran, kom jy nou van? Sorry. Staan nie daar so. Trek uit jou spoots, jou caterpillar skoene, en trek uit jou jeans. And he still wanted to argue, and she said to him, Goeie vir jou nou moet gebrande water, gekoekende water. Kanala, trek uit jou skoene, trek uit jou broek. En jy gaan vir jou ouswete gee, Jy gaan vir jou, wat jy kon, een treksoet gee, en een paar ouwe skoene gee, jy kan maar stap moe daai, maar gaan maar nie terugwaven, en af jy gekom het. That type of scene, is exactly what happened to me. But now, Arnie, now here's the, the lady tells me, it was very difficult for me to do, and that is the reason why she phoned me, because she wanted to know if she's losing her marbles. And I can tell you, It is not easy to do that type of thing. It is very hard. You know, really he came hard. back again after some time, like I did, asking for some food and so on. And then she told him, come and mop the floor for the plate of food. And the husband says, no, you are not going to do even that. Okay? All right? The point that I need to make here is, you know, not... Or of tough love says that you must just throw the child out. And I think that is the important thing. There are different degrees of tough love, yes. you know, that a person can exercise. And I would like us to talk about that, Shahida. Yes. And the other thing that I also want us to talk about is that if the one person is weak, let the stronger person take over. If my sister, my baby sister is weak and wanted to give me money, then the eldest one says, no, I will go to the window and I will tell Amin, Amin, loop out of wakey police roop. Because she is stronger and so we've got to take our weaknesses and give it over to the other siblings that are stronger. 
please remember one thing that what seems to be difficult solutions is actually easy if we talk about it as a group well i i suppose also if the family stands together because it is a it is really tough it is hard it is painful it is sad that is oh yetter so by a word of what they can say it is so fearful and it's like you know like that older sister let's just say mm. now the older sister says go if that older sister does not have the support of the rest of the family she would sit with tremendous fear of ya allah's enig iets moet amen gebeur dan gaan my familie sê is ek wat hom laaste gesê het hy moet loop and therefore i think you you speak about something that's that important that it should be a family decision in terms of how we will deal with the situation never mind of what she says the addict has got to hear it comes from that is the viewpoint of the entire family see now that is also important yeah. the entire family oh us no us not um, abida and zainab and kutsim and khadijani as no sma ali and sma ihsan amal di bruj and sisters ala stan sama la prat amali shaft uh, you know Language. they all talk with one voice yeah. and that is important for the addict to see there's a force mm-hmm. You know that my force means nothing as an addict compared to the force that they. Because I think the 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 addict would look at how can I manipulate those and tisani tisani kraka chanik, but but let me tell you one of the fears that's realistic. If you if you're saying you know, nineteen years is a long time for. um change to come in its entirety of of wonderful growth and turn around mm. so for many that would be very 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 fearful mm. as ek vir hom sê hy moet nou gaan mm. hoe lang gaan hy wegwees you know so that's mm. extremely fearful mm. you know uh, shayda the question that you've just posed now hoe lang gaan hy nog wegwees yeah is an important thing that you are mentioning as addicts and as codependents we ask similar type of questions who lunk it's almost like you're playing statue towards yourself you know about growth and the important thing is it is called i think projection mm-hmm. how we as addicts project certain things hoekom moet ek gesond raak wat ou gaan vir my aanvat om te kom weet as ek na pik en pay toe gaan vir a job, hulle sien, ek was nie dronken gewees, ek sal nie kan gaan week. If they see that I'm a drug addict, they will never give me work. So, uh, what's the use of staying and becoming clean? So, that is a big hurdle for us as addicts to sort of cross over into, into the new type of life. But similarly, the codependent does exactly the same, you know? What if I throw him out Het gaan ons nou rien, kijk hoe koud is het buiten kan. Uh, but then, they are complaining, year in, year out. Hoe lang is die persoon op, op, op drugs? Nie, since the age of 13. Hoeveel oud is hy nou? 25, 28 years old. 15 years have gone by. So if you had to do this type of thing, when he was 13, right? Okay? Then, or had tough love, implemented when he was 13 you would have had maybe far better results okay and it brings it brings another thought to mind 
when you're talking about a 13-year-old and you're talking about a 28-year-old, that tough love would mean different things for the different ages. And I think it's just important that we clarify that, Mm. that people don't think that what we're propagating or or what one is speaking about is putting a 13-year-old out. I just would want to also invite people, if we look at the time, we're almost there to take more commercial news, but just to say that they could send in their questions, whatever drug-related questions you have, since we have, I mean, here in the studio, the SMS number is 47913. You type in VOC and then your message. So perhaps to perhaps to do that. Also, while we're talking about it, and, and if you grab your pen and paper, I just would like to share with you Armin's cell phone number, and then I think he has a temporary one that he can that he will share you know that we can share with you so that you can actually contact him i've had people asking for armin's um cell phone number or contact details and then um just to, the the 076 number is the regular one and then the 074 is the new one which okay i mean it's just writing down the cell phone number so this is the regular one and that is the new one. So I wonder which number that. Oh, it was probably someone that I was doing messages uh, of in last week's program. So let's just um, share with you Armin's cell phone numbers. His regular cell phone number, which is not operable right now, probably give it a day or two, is 078 That's 078 9011. Then the cell phone number you can find Armin on now is 074-206-2690. That's 074-206-2690. Now we need to take commercial news. When we come back, we will continue with our program. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. 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 Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed and our focus is on drugs 
and particularly we are exploring different ways of management and at the moment we're looking at different degrees of tough love and one acknowledges that tough love would look different for different people it is situation situational specific it is age appropriate so Definitely. one has to do all of those different types of considerations one isn't saying there's a one recipe that fits all there's been a, uh, an sms that had come through that says there are other situations where people say circumstances drove them um but is this a good enough reason to do what they did okay so so the person is asking as iemand knows die drug die addict say ja da was circumstances wat really nie lekker gewees het nie therefore it drove me to drugs and the person is now saying but is that a good enough reason the answer definitely would be no definitely i've got uh, i don't want to put my tongue against my cheek and still say um well let me think about it the answer to that question definitely is no okay i just want to say yeah. if i if i may yeah i also had plausible reasons for going on to drugs mm-hmm. and my being off from drugs at this moment in time i can see all the more clearly shahida you are married you've got children you do have problems with its financial or otherwise does that give you a license now shahida to say um oh you know ek gaan gonde escape uit nou van drugs does it boils down to that although i'm simplifying it we must always remember one thing that as people or if i can talk about myself i could never never take ownership of problems i create problems right for instance if i drive fast i get a fine i can't take ownership of that problem because you know um yeah i just don't take ownership um maybe i don't have the money for it or i'm incapacitated because of the financial side of it uh, of paying the particular fine or I find unreasonable and so on and then that thing just escalates to bigger things that I've got to go to court and suddenly um, you know it becomes like I now want to escape the reality that I'm being faced so now I go on to drugs so that's what I'm talking about here okay so then there are but and, and I hear you there are times when people will say okay things happened that were not of my doing now let's just look at some of the things that we see happening so sometimes when pe- parents become divorced, divorced. Mm. would that would be one of the reasons where a child would feel utterly utterly broken and sad and a, a sense of loss mm. and it isn't something necessarily it, it, it's not done you know by them but then they seek refuge mm. in drugs again mm. one wants to clearly say mm. No, that is never a good enough reason to that there would be other options open to the person. So the the, the answer must be no. It can't be, yes. can't be yes. So one can unpack and say, okay. However, let's look at what would be helpful that we want to discuss and explore on programs as what are other options other than drugs that mm. people can look at when they are experiencing different types you, of difficulties. You know, Shayla, just coming back to the divorce yeah. thing you know uh, you know to my mind 
the society that that we've come from, we have not been open to um, to divorce and so on. We've always been very close together, and you know it's taboo for us to get divorced and so on. So the amount of knowledge that we have and the impact that it has on families that go through divorce is not known to the general public, you know, at large. Uh, whether it's from an abusive situation or not, whatever the, the, the factors are, you know, that contributes toward that thing. The important thing I would just like to say here is, so because we are not knowledgeable about it, we find our own types of, if I can call it, um, uh, these Dutch remedies type of thing. You know, it's a Dutch remedy. Okay, let us try this and let us try that, you know. And the, the effects of that type of thing is disastrous because once we want to go for counseling about marriage, then it's like, hey, it's like counseling and this, it's, it's a stigmatized type of thing. So, um, Sy gaan nogal uh, naar die shrink toe Or she's gone to a psychologist Sy bietje van haar looiekie getik And stuff like that So automatically it becomes a barrier mm-hmm. You know, for yeah. people to seek professional help Yes And that is, the, that you know it, it has such a big impact It has their own sort of Disastrous type of effects And what I hear you saying really is when life happens and certain very tough circumstances in life happens, we have not explored enough how do we deal with it in a way that is helpful for the different and that is people that are, that are affected. And I hear that and I think it is really a point to ponder on. We need to take commercial news. There is an SMS that had come through that I'd like to just read because it's something that we will respond to after the ad break. It says, please give information on the chip implantation. How does it work and is it only for heroin users? So stay with us. We'll come back with the answer. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed. And my goodness, where has the time gone? We have something like seven minutes left over in the program. So we come back to the question that was asked before. It says, please give information on the chip implantation. How does it work? Is it only for heroin users? Your comment on that. Listeners, I want to say to you, what a load of utter rubbish. I'm sorry to say it in such crude terms. And so why do you feel so strongly about that? I'm not a proponent of it, of that type of mindset and of that type of thing, first of all. Secondly, and why? Why tell me something, tell me something, Shahida. What all that we have discussed now clearly indicates to one thing that we are talking about the mindset of people and how illogically people can think or how logically people can think. So what right? is, yeah. This is not a case where we can implant a, a chip, right, driven with electricity, right, or capacitance or whatever the case might be because there happens to be that 
chip will now short circuit all the wrong thinking that you've got in your mind. Okay? I think it's the biggest money making racket. Okay? I would like to get proper scientific proof about this. I think it is there as a means to sort of give the wrong side. It's giving a total wrong message to ordinary people that are trying to find out solutions to a hell of a big problem. Okay? We, it, I think it's irresponsible. Why? Absolutely irresponsible. Why do you think it's a wrong message? What of that Because be it gives hope. It gives the wrong type of hope, mm-hmm. you know, um, to the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no. My son had a uh, implant of a chip and he's doing fine. It's absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. It would be interesting to get to speak with uh, someone who perhaps had had the uh, chip implanted. What you are saying is what what in the content of these programs would be the encouragement of thought and behavior change that takes responsibility for making for self-actualizing the person, the addict, for allowing the, the addict to grow and for allowing the family to grow as well because That's we correct. see how we are affected and, and we almost have you a know, long side you, journey. You, you, you know, Shaida, I want to come back to this point of taking ownership and responsibility. Now, you know, my life before, if I can perhaps just tell the listeners, was one of, ik wil niet kwaai gewisit. Okay? I wasn't maybe arrogant, or so I, so I thought I wasn't arrogant. Right? I maybe didn't know I was egotistic. Okay? But these are factors that drives a person to do crazy things. Okay? And it's like this. I get a fine. I can take it to some person because I get a lane for that type of thing. You know, I've got, I've got a, a contact, mm-hmm. you know, that can fix that for me. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. And so everywhere I go, I've got these wonderful contacts. Uh, if I need money, I could just contact this person and a contact with that and a contact with this and that. So whenever I've got problems, my contacts solve my problems. I don't solve it. And Do you is, see that? Is that where you put the chip as well? That the chip does a similar thing in in saying the chip will, will solve I don't know. I don't have to. I don't know. But I think this is the idea that, that is being thrown around. That people are saying the chip will now fix up that type of thing. The important thing here is, right? Obviously, if you're going to cross a busy road and people tell you, Listen, it is wrong to have those earplugs in your ears when you're crossing or when you're walking to school. Who the hell are you to tell me that? No, I can't even listen to music on my way to, to, to school and, 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 and so on, this and that. Um, I can drive, I can text messages on my cell phone. And you're not talking about drugs, eh? We're talking about just a behavioral pattern of people. They drive and they're texting and... Uh, hey, it's this and that, and the texting and so on. They create so much of havoc on our roads, right? You create a an accident, you know, that is fatal, okay? And then what happens is people get killed, people die, 
Okay, we need to start taking ownership of res- and, and responsible. Uh, you know, we need to become responsible for the actions that we take. Okay, and I think that it's a it's a hugely important thought for us to probably work towards ending our program on, is that the the addict has to take responsibility, and the family has to take responsibility for different. Parts that they're playing in this process, um, and so one one can leave that thought and say, can we all go and really um, try and reflect on what is my responsibility towards myself, my loved one, my family, the society as a whole? Because I have a, a responsibility to. Play. I just want to ask if I may. Yeah. How much does this chip cost? I have no idea, but okay. there's, there's just another SMS that had come through, and I don't think we're going to have the chance to answer it. It says, Shahidan Amin, what is chances heroin addicts do give up if he is a weakling? What does it take? Is it medical or willpower thing? Okay, so they speak about, you know, he's been an addict. What's the chances that he'll, that he'll get better because they perceive him to be weak of character? Mm-hmm. And is, can this be seen as a medical condition? Or is it a power thing? Is it a behavior thing? Is it a mindset thing? Mm-hmm. And I think all of those, inshallah, in our next program, we can mm-hmm. answer that question because mm-hmm. I think it's multifaceted. It is. But it comes back no. to what you say, mm-hmm. taking responsibility for thought and behavior change. And that can only happen if one thing happens. You know, there's an old saying that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Okay, well, that's wonderful. Let's leave it at that. Shukran so much for your contribution to the program, Amin Mohammed. And our focus was drugs. Just to very quickly um, reiterate your cell phone numbers, the regular one, which will be operable probably in the next 24 hours, would be 078 390 The one that is effective right now is 074-206-2690. That's 074 074- 206 2690 <coughs> and assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam jazakallah